0: you really need to speak to a lot of people, a lot of mentors, a lot of advisors, and then don't listen to them.
1: Welcome to our series entitled The I Am Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm very excited. I'm joined by Moshi Lebowitz, the CEO and founder at Healables, Wearables That Heal. Welcome to the I Am Podcast, Moshi. How are you doing?
0: Great. It's really exciting to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Cool. We are so excited to know you, your product, of course, your journey, your personal story. Okay. So let's just get started. All right. Great. If there are investors and to everyone listening and watching us right now, could you give us your elevator pitch?
0: Sure. So we're healables, wearables that heal. And what we do is we treat the mind and the body together because that's the complete person. We know from computers that computers have hardware and they have software and they need both to work. And it's the same thing with the human being. We have a behavioral health coach that coaches the mind, and we have a wearable electroceutical, I'll show it to you here, Yep, that stocks with smart textiles, and that, that delivers electrotherapy to the body with our uh, electroceutical device, and these two technologies work together synergistically, where the behavioral health coach helps the person to re and to retrain their minds and their relationship with pain and with healing and then the electroceutical works directly on the cellular level to actually accelerate healing relieve pain and to reduce inflammation
1: all right. we'd love to know more about your product so how important is healing the mind so you said together with the body together with that wearable electroceutical built in so how important is including the thoughts emotions and beliefs in healing?
0: it's super, super important. It's super important on an individual level and also on a corporate level. And if you have an organization, maybe it's easier to start there, that doesn't really believe in what they're doing. If you have a team, if you have a sports team that doesn't believe that they can win, they're not gonna win. You know, I I think that you might hear the term Murphy every so often. And I think that that Murphy, Murphy needs to be killed because people talk about Murphy's law, you know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Oh, there is Murphy again. Murphy is idolatry, and I can say that as as a rabbi. We have to go and kill Murphy because if you believe that anything that can go wrong will go wrong, you're not going to succeed not in your in your business, not in your in your relationships and not in your individual growth. So, I think that your it really all starts with your beliefs and you know, believing in god and believing in yourself and believing that we can move forward and um that then trickles down into the emotional system and to the physical system and when we have everything working together and is optimized then that's that's really what what healing is about and um i think that that's the the next evolution that we're going to see in wellness and we're beginning to see it already now of the importance of wellness and Behavioral health as part of the overall health system, and I think that technology, like you know, apps, and uh, can really be a big part of that healing because with an app, it can help to coach you to re, you know, re, re, uh, reinstate and to reimagine and to really enhance and to correct mistaken beliefs like Murphy that yeah. uh, we. we
1: I like that. I I remember the quote, like, whatever your mind can conceive, your body can achieve. So it's really a great battle in the mind.
0: Exactly. That's beautiful. Whatever the mind, what did you say? Whatever the mind
1: can conceive, the body can achieve.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Mm. Okay. Yes. And there's a lot of mental health awareness campaigns going on around, especially during this time of the i mean difficult times right
0: exactly and you know even you know we're, we're all affected by corona in different ways but part of it is not just the inflammation but it's the anxiety and the depression that comes along with it and you know this is something that exacerbates the uh, the general health and also weakens the immune system so what by strengthening our emotions by strengthening our beliefs by strengthening our 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 minds we're actually strengthening our immune system and that's why we need that behavioral health healing as well as the physical healing together
1: well that digital health coach that app okay i'd love to hear a customer feedback or a user story
0: well i can i can start with myself kind of where this where this came from 15 years ago i had a traumatic brain injury and you know you go to the doctors and they say well there there isn't that much so you start looking around and you start start searching and i came my father you know i I came from a very western background my father was a medical doctor and you know was very very limited to to very medical evidence-based Published papers in, in terms of what's out there, but when the doctors tell you that they're you know they're, they're they don't have the answers for you, then you start expanding and seeing what else is out there. And there's a lot uh, you know that we're seeing now in the wellness. There, there's a lot of things that people are doing that are in development. That some things work, some things don't work. Um, but I think that what technology can do now is technology can allow some of these techniques to become evidence-based medicine. And for me, what what that meant was Fifteen years ago, it wasn't just about healing that traumatic brain injury and and finding the practitioners that which, which I was able to make a full recovery, thank God, with the help of of Western and and mind body medicine. But on top of that, it it's about reframing the the belief experience. As you say, you know, I think that's just a great theme. You know, whatever the minds can conceive, the body can achieve, and that's really true with health and when you, when you believe that you're healthy, when you believe that you can be functional, when you can believe that you can overcome, that's a really important part of the healing process as well.
1: Hmm. Wow. Well, great, great. Okay. So this health, digital health coach, do you have any challenges? I mean, what are the challenges in developing this product?
0: So I think there's always lots of challenges in in, in developing the, you know, the the full solution, the, the health coach and the electroceutical device. We had the textiles. We have challenges with textiles and textile engineering and manufacturing and, and challenges with electroceutical and electronics development and firmware development and software development and, uh, there's no limit to to, uh, to to challenges with startups, and then on the behavioral health coach. I think that the biggest challenge is because what we have is an integrative solution, and there are experts in electronics, and there are experts in medicine, and there are experts in psychology. But people tend, you know, to be experts in the field that they know. And how do you take a successful approach to psychology or, or Jewish psychology or mental health? And how do you build that into an app and how do you, you know, let's say when you convert a movie, when you convert a book, you know, in the old days, there used to be something called a book. I don't know if people remember what books were, but it, it was a little thing that had pages, you know, used to be able to go and open it up and, mm-hmm. and read words. Um, so, so when you, a book is a book and when you convert it to a movie, if you want to be authentic and telling the same story in a two hour or one and a half hour period, you have to make a, you have to convert it to the medium that's best for it. So if what you can do in an in-person therapy with a psychologist has certain perks, but it also has a lot of downsides. You know, how often can you see a, a psychologist? Once a week, maybe at best, um, what do you do in between sessions? What if the psychologist has an emergency? What if they're having an off day? The When you transfer successful therapeutic techniques into the medium of digital health it's also important to on the one hand understand psychology but on the other hand to understand the medium of what of what the advantages are of that medium and how do we how do we go and and use that so an app can be with you 24/7 an app can doesn't get tired of you an app can mm-hmm. have infinite patience an infinite listening ability and it really takes a, uh, a team to be able to go and convert these types of technologies and, and solutions that work into into an application. I think we're lucky our CTO has, on the one hand, a background in electrical engineering and software development from Johns Hopkins University. But on the other hand, for the last 10 years, he's been the head of a school of Jewish psychology and he's a therapist. And he has, so he has both that engineering side and the, the therapeutic side, and he's able to combine them in charting a course for our behavioral health coach that is unique and is able to really take advantage of everything that technology is able to offer us
1: you talked about um okay this is a 24 7 app um it doesn't get tired so it can just really uh, speak to you whenever you want so is this uh, subject to regulations or if there are is there if there's anyone who want to build this uh, health app can you talk to us about the importance of compliance or security, information security.
0: Uh, absolutely, the, the you know, cybersecurity is is a must nowadays for 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 everybody. It's um, the hackers are getting more sophisticated, and we all you have to make sure that data, whether it's legally medical data or even if it's not medical data, but if it's just your your customer data, you have a responsibility to keep that um, de-identified And to make sure that it can't be exposed, and if for some reason it does get out, that there is absolutely no connection to any any name or anything like that. That that is, you know, the architecture has to be such that it that what you're storing is completely de-identified information. Um, So, I think that the starting point is not really the regulation; it's the concept behind the regulation. The regulation is there for a reason to protect people. And I think that you, if you really care about your customers and, and your users, you have to go and take their information very, very seriously, The privacy, and, and that's something that we do by making sure that all the information is de-identified. Um, beyond that, for legal reasons, obviously, you need to be compliant, HIPAA compliant, GDPR compliant, and all the different compliances. Um, I think that it's a good strategy, especially in the wellness space, which is kind of a gray area to be strict, you know, and as a rabbi, you know, you're always faced with, should I be lenient or should I be strict? I think that the approach in this area is to be strict and to treat all data as if it is medical data, whether or not it is, and to go through with, you know, with the compliance to just to make sure that you're treating the, the data at the highest standards.
1: Okay, how about healable? So where are you now in your journey?
0: So Healables, is, we're in a great place. We have uh, just started a clinical trial yeah. with the Wolfson Medical Center. Um, here's our, our medical device. And, and we're working this, um, let see if you can see that. somewhat. Yep. So this is the Edith Wolfson Medical Center in Holon. It's a really, it's a top hospital um, in Israel, but I think worldwide, and they, the CEO, is so progressive in, in her understanding of digital health and startups and how to integrate technology that can help, um, that that can just really help people. And the staff that they have there, there, there um, for doing clinical trials and research, while at the same time maintaining um, the patient, it's really a patient-centric hospital. As the center uh, is phenomenal, you know, they, they have a fantastic Helsinki committee that really works with startups to go through the regulation and the approvals of, of, of doing clinical trials. So we, we're doing our first trial again on um, our first product is for the, for the knee. So mm-hmm. we have our electroceutical device that can, that can heal um, the knee. and that's what we're going we hope to show in this, uh, in this trial. And um, it's for osteoarthritis patients, not just older patients, but also younger patients that have sports injuries and have osteoarthritis that they've developed after some injuries so you know we're working there with an amazing doctor Dr Oz is the head of sports medicine He's a consultant to the uh, Israel Defense Forces for the infantry soldiers he sees athletes he's really a top um, orthopedic surgeon and um, we offer a solution for that that really just doesn't exist right now a wearable remotely manageable solution that can accelerate healing and get athletes back into the game faster and better get people that are in the gym and uh you know faster and so we're really excited about that trial
1: this is really a very interesting product yes what is your vision i mean okay what's the road ahead how do you envision healables in the next 10 to 15 years
0: healables is an ai company it it may not seem that way right now because we're focused on on the you know material like literally you know the, the the fabric and and uh you know our conductive stretchable material and everything, but this is a it's a platform for creating data that's going to be analyzed with artificial intelligence, I mean, you know. The, the, it, we, we already had the industrial revolution. machines beat us on physical Labor another 10-15 years. machines are going to beat us in mental Labor so. What's left for humanity is to expand and develop the realm of the soul. We, we all have a godly soul that we have to develop, and that's where humanity is going. And I think that when you talk about accelerating healing, it, it's not just the mind and the body. The mind, body, and the soul have to work together. And when we can do that, that's, that's really, I think, the next evolution in the history of humanity. And we hope that healables will be a, at least a small part of it.
1: Hmm. okay i love that like it it all works together it should all work together right and you talked a few times about being a rabbi Uh, you grew up an orthodox right so we'd love to hear you share about that orthodox entrepreneurship talk to us a bit about that
0: look it goes back to abraham you know we have the abraham accords now and i think that abraham was the first entrepreneur (laughs) he you know uh, and uh he he went out on his own and uh, left where he was to a new land that uh, and and started talking about monotheism and and uh, and the relationship that that we have with the God around us and the God inside of us and I think that we all have a godly soul. Every single person on this planet has a godly soul, and it's time for that. You know, say Intel inside, but we have this godly soul inside. It's time for that to come out you know we've been for generations for thousands of years we've been stuck with physical labor and then mental labor but now it's time for that godly soul to come out and express itself so we can all really be who we are and make the world a better place and i think that's what we're going to see in the advancement of humanity so i think what you see from you know from being orthodox and and, and i'm a rabbi but there are many people that are not rabbis but you study so many years in, in yeshiva and the, the educational system in the ultra orthodox world is really unique it, it focuses on. The ability to think creatively and to think innovatively and that's something that is really unique I and mean, again with artificial intelligence machines have all the information they have all the data. Uh, Soon they will be able to go and analyze it a little bit but. But they can't think creatively. They can't think innovatively. That we need people for, and I think that's what the Talmud. When you study the Talmud and you're faced with 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 um, all sorts of issues and thinking out of the box, that that's you know the Talmud is is here to connect us with God. But as a side effect, it develops your brain and your ability to think innovatively and disruptively and creatively. And, and that's why in Korea they're studying Talmud because they understand that for people to to really move ahead to that next step of uh, in human history we need to really think differently
1: so talk to us about being creative okay what what how can we think out of the box are there best practices or are there things we should not do or should do
0: yeah so there's a there's a there's a secret to thinking creatively um and um it's a little bit of a meditation i, I think i can maybe share it it's very short and uh, it'll have everybody in, in what happens in uh, in yeshiva is that you study a very complicated problem and you, you can't figure it out and then you go take a little coffee break and then after the coffee break you come back and suddenly everything is everything is clear and I think that a lot of people see that in general that you know the come back the next day or after a break or and all of a sudden they have they have a, a new way of thinking so what happened there and how can we motivate this this the secret of of creative thinking so what what, there's the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and the conscious mind tends to not think so creatively it kind of kind of you know thinks over and over the same things and it doesn't come up with that unique out of left field uh, disruptive solution but the subconscious mind that you know that's connected with with this godly part of us It's infinite, and it can bring these creative ideas from all over the place. So, how do we access that? So, I I think that the the technique, or one technique, is if we can define the problem. So, I think that one of the techniques of thinking creatively is not trying is to focus not on trying to solve the problem, but to try to explore, define, and kind of hold the problem. And the, the, the more that we can um, explain why is this a problem, How do, what does it look like, who is it a problem for, there's the different variables that go into explaining and to kind of concretize what the, what the challenge is, what the problem is, that's kind of like programming the mind. And then, and then you take your mind off of it. And you, you, um, when the conscious mind is active, the subconscious mind takes, takes a, a back seat. So then when you take that coffee break or when you, when you do something else, if you program the question properly, your subconscious mind is still working, but now it has something concrete to think about. And it'll think about that problem when your conscious mind is involved in something else. And then when you come back to the problem, it's very likely that all of a sudden you'll have a lots of new ideas and lots of new ways that uh, will... Uh, maybe you'll see that there really wasn't a problem, you know, or or maybe you'll just find some sort of creative solution. So I think that something we can all try. It's very easy and uh, it works.
1: We should all do that. I mean, try that. This uh, Healable is a very personal story. It's your story, right? And it's very intense. I mean, how do you keep your team working the same way as you do? Please share us about your team.
0: Uh, That's a great question. I, I think that, um, how to motivate uh, your, your team is, um, is a challenge we have in business, and especially in startups. Um, first of all, we're really blessed. Be- being based in, in Jerusalem, we just have access to really phenomenal people. Uh, you know, we have um, our, our chief medical officer is, is, is from Harvard. Uh, he's, he's, he, he was, first, he was an engineer from MIT, and then he went back to medical school and did his residency at, at, at Harvard. We have um, Dr. Tsipi Glick. You know, she's a medical doctor and an MBA and a fashion designer. So we just, just person after person, we just have these incredible multifaceted people that are, are highly motivated and excited. So it, it makes my job uh, um, a little bit easier. I think that the, the first thing is you have to pick the right people and, and the, right, the right team of people. And, you know, I'll, I'll t- tell a little story that, that a rabbi told, um, you know, two weeks ago about horses. He said that, okay. uh, you know, and I think it illustrates about how you can motivate the team. He said that you know there's a story that in europe one time there was a prince who had the most amazing horses in, in the world at that time he had an arabian horse an egyptian horse a a a, a british horse and a, a you know some european horse that and he had these four amazingly expensive and fantastic phenomenal horses pulling his carriage and he's going through and it was starting to rain and then he gets stuck in the mud and he can't get out of the mud and then this Poor peasant schlepper comes comes by with his uh, a small carriage with two horses, and he sees the prince that's stuck in the mud, and he says to the prince, "Oh, let me let me help you. Uh, I can take your carriage out of the out of the mud." And the prince says, "I have four of the best horses in the entire world. You know how can you and your two horses? How can you uh, take? You know what, what, how can you possibly help us?" He said, "You'll see." So he comes over and he unhooks the carriage and he. He hooks the carriage up to, uh, to, his, uh, to the, pe- the peasant's horses. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happens. He gives the horse a whip, and they both uh, take the carriage out. So the prince said, what happened? Please explain to me. They said, look, you have amazing horses, fantastic horses. But one is from England, and one is from Saudi Arabia. And, you know, in and of themselves, they're amazing. But when one gets whipped... He, he, he goes, and the other ones just kind of watch. But I have two horses that are brothers, and they came from the same mother. And when I whip one horse, the other horse feels the pain also, and they move together. So I think that really the key is that when you have a team that's on the same page, that, that wants to succeed, that feels for the other, that uh, that's the way forward. That's the way you can go and, and, uh, and move together.
1: Wow, interesting story. Um, so well, amazing team, and we are really excited how you can lead Healables in the next few years. So, what's one important lesson that you have learned throughout this journey?
0: Um, so many lessons. I, I, you know, we spoke a lot about about emotional health. I think that there's emotional health also for founders. I think that um, we talk a lot about IQ and patents and new technology, but I think that even more important than IQ is the EQ is, you know, successful founders have to be able to weather uncertainty. And, you know, again, the, the, I think that what, what we see in Israel, and I think the secret to why Israel is the startup nation with so many startups and so many successful startups is because I think that Israelis really have that a a healthier approach to mental health um, that for for entrepreneurship that you know we're we're okay with failing if you don't fail you don't learn um innovation means risk of failure means uncertainty means not knowing and i think that the reason the secret behind that is you know in hebrew we say emunah is means belief we are the people of emunah you know jewish history is so rich with so many people that have you know believed and and kept going through so many challenges and that belief in that godly part of ourselves that's going to come out and make the world a better place. We all have that whether you have this, you know, black hat and you're a trained rabbi or whether you're in Tel Aviv and you don't look like me, but you still have that innate belief that the world can be a better place. Every person has that godly soul and we have that responsibility to make that place better, to make the world better, and I think that's that's what we see in Israel and uh, I think that's really one of the important secrets of uh, of success and i think that you see that spreading throughout the world i think that um the whole world really is looking to israel as an example of entrepreneurship how do we do it and it's, it's very simple look inside yourselves find the godly soul within yourself and that's going to hold you strong through all the challenges of uh of, of startups so i think that's definitely one one piece um i think the other piece is you really need to speak to a lot of people, a lot of mentors, a lot of advisors, and then don't listen to them so, <laughs> so exactly it sounds a little funny it's like, because if you want to do something different and innovative and and creative, you have to go and listen to yourself. You have to be educated you know you have to really speak to professors and speak and speak to all the different and, and the marketing people and the business people and regulatory and speak to other founders and speak to everybody that's out there. But you have to understand why are they saying what they're saying? What is their perspective? How can I hear what they're saying, analyze it, you know, experience it, feel it and then use what use what they recommended to guide my own path forward. And I have you have to listen to yourself. You have to have enough self-confidence to move ahead because you're the one who's running your startup. And you, you know, you're responsible. Nobody else is in your shoes and you're going to get so much contradictory advice. You have to go and plot the course forward. So I, I think that that's so. Ask everybody, but don't listen to but what I they listen say word for.
1: Yeah. But, oh, okay. Wow, that's gold. Cool. I mean, uh, talk to them, of course. Yeah, be open to feedback. But of course, you have to know what you want to build at the end of the day. But that. Oh, you spoke about failure. I just want to ask... What do you consider as the greatest failure, Marcie?
0: I think the biggest failure is, is is always with people, not with things. You know, technology works or doesn't work, or you know, you, whatever your your car breaks, the, you know, the air conditioning goes, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> it's a car, okay, you know, fine. Maybe it was you know a Ferrari, but like, it's a car, you know. Um, but people, I think, you know, I think the, the I think the the um, the biggest failures are. When you see the potential in somebody, when you know, when you see somebody, let's say a PhD who has, is a genius, but, but let's say their EQ, let's say their, their emotional intelligence is holding them back. And they're, they're afraid they're, they're afraid to try new ideas. They're afraid to listen to themselves. They're afraid to really be who they are because their fears are, 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 you know, that's the driver of, of, of their motivation more so than their, their genius and their, and their knowledge and their training. And I, th- I think that's the biggest failure, is when, when, when people are not able to go and be who they really, really are.
1: Wow, I love that. Uh, you are speaking like a rabbi, <laughs> like a teacher, um, the godly soul. I mean, emotion, the importance of being who you are, everything. Okay, so this is uh, the last statement you have to fill. I am Moshe your blank founder how would you love to be remembered or would you like to be recognized as a founder
0: how would i like to be recognized as a founder
1: Mm -hmm. what do you want to be known for
0: um it's, it's not about me it's just it's just not about me it's i think that there is um a responsibility i have certain knowledge and training uh so i have a responsibility to be who i am and um and um it, it's not. It's just not about me. It's just about getting this out. If I have knowledge about how to help people, I may I may all say, oh, sure share another Talmudic story or a really fascinating story. Um, you know, there was a famous uh, uh, student of the of the Magid, uh, of Mezrich, um from you know from the Ukraine, and uh, his name was Zosha. And and they asked Zusha, he said, "What when you go up to heaven, you know, what's going to, uh, you know." What 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 concerns you? What do, what what are you know what are you worried about? And he said, you know, I'm not worried if they're going to ask me why I wasn't Moses, and I'm not worried if they're going to ask me, you know, why I wasn't King David, but I'm worried about if they're going to ask me why I wasn't Zusha. You know, I, I don't need to be Steve Jobs, I don't need to be Elon Musk, I just need to be Moshe Leibowitz, and I I think that um, you know, that's what uh, I just want to take what the knowledge that I have and help the people that I can help.
1: Mm, wow. That's um, very soulful. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. And all the best to heal of Moshe us. Lebowitz.
0: Okay. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. And I, I think you really have a fantastic show. I hope that, you know, really everybody watches it because I get inspired seeing your episodes and uh, I learn a lot and uh, I really encourage people to, to tune in. So thank you so much.
1: This podcast is powered by IMOps.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with IMOps.io dedicated DevOps team. Check out www.imOps.io and get a DevOps team now. Make sure to check out www.imOps.io if you want to know more about us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video. Thank you, and you have a great day.